Hey there, this is Brian Zond, and welcome to my sermon podcast. I'm glad that you're interested in the sermons that I preach here at Word of Life Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. And if you ever feel inclined to help us by supporting us financially, you can do that at our website, wolc.com. Thank you. Good morning, saints of God, in person, online. Grace and peace to you. Finding God in the Music 2022 for the 14th year in a row during the season of August, the dog days of August. We have some fun, but it's also serious. I think content-wise, it's solid, where we explore spiritual themes through the artistic medium of contemporary music. Today's artist... Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire is now making their fourth appearance over these 14 years. Of course, this is this band that is fronted by the husband and wife duo of Wynn Butler and Regine Chasson. And uh, they are a great live band. They really have to be experienced live. I've seen Arcade Fire four times, three times in Kansas City and once in Belfast. The thing that stands out about Arcade Fire and the reason they keep showing up and finding God in the music is they're just so smart. They write very smart albums. Their lyrical content is uh, very intelligent. Now, they would deny that. They would say, oh, we're just a rock and roll band, but that's not true. Uh, there's a lot of philosophy, a lot of thought, a lot of spirituality. They do a lot of, uh, I would call it maybe social critique, analyzing the time in which we live, the challenges of modernity and things like that. But they do it in a very hopeful context. They're kind of u 2 ish in that way, maybe a generation younger than U2. Uh, their 2010 album, The Suburbs, which won the Grammy for Best Album of the Year, is in my mind one of the absolutely most significant albums of the 21st century. I return to that one again and again. Well, the album that we're going to derive the song from today is We. And by the way, with Arcade Fire, they don't do songs. Of course they do, but, but you, you don't approach Arcade Fire with songs, with singles. They always do albums that are concept albums and they all fit together. Lyrics get repeated in other songs on the same album because they're trying to communicate a concept. And so three months ago, they released their sixth album, We. Now, with a little bit of research, I found out that We is originally a Russian dystopian novel by Yevgeny Zamyatin, released 100 years ago. I mean, that's why 100 years ago, about a futuristic police state. All right, so that's the kind of stuff they're drawing upon to work with their music. The album begins with these words. This is the first song. The, The first song of We is Age of Anxiety. It's the age of doubt, and I doubt we'll figure it out. Is it you or is it me? The age of anxiety. Got to get the spirit out of me, this anxiety that's inside of me. So right off the bat, they acknowledge we're living in a time when there's a lot of anxiety. 
Is that true? And, and the song says, that spirit of the age, that zeitgeist of anxiety is in me. I got to get it out of me. So that sets the stage for the first half of the album. The way I interpret the album is you have four songs and then a prelude and then another, I think it's five songs, uh, that divide the album into halves. The first really trying to articulate the problem of living in an age of anxiety, the second half moves more hopeful. The last song of what I consider the first half is entitled End of the Empire. One last dance here at the end of the empire, standing at the end of the American empire. So it's giving us that context. Midway through life, Virgil said, let's take a ride. You'll need a divine guide because this inferno's hyperdrive. Well, come on now. Right there, they're drawing upon Dante's divine comedy. You know Dante, Italian poet from the 13th century. And he writes his divine comedy. It begins with the inferno and ends with paradise. It's a, it's a metaphor on the spiritual journey of the soul out of hell and into the paradise of God's salvation. Uh, Dante's divine comedy, the inferno, begins with these words. Midway in life's journey, I went astray from the straight road and awoke to find myself alone in a dark wood. That's how it begins. And so they're working with that. Midway through life, Virgil said, let's take a ride. You'll need a divine guide because this inferno's hyperdrive. <laughs> See, they're also in midlife. They're, they're in their 40s now. Wynn and Regine are in their 40s. They're midlife and they're wondering, okay, what's the correct road? Why is Virgil mentioned? Because in the divine comedy, Virgil, this Roman poet is from, from antiquity, is sent to the Middle Ages, to Dante to help be his guide, to guide his soul out of hell toward heaven. All right, then we move into the second half of the album. The first song of the second half of the album is The Lightning. I heard the thunder on a blue sky, perfect day. I wonder why am I the only one? I heard the thunder and I feel I'm going under. Jesus Christ was an only son waiting on the lightning, waiting on the light. What will the light bring? So we're beginning to take a hopeful turn. There's this, we hear thunder, but is it more than thunder? Some say it's thunder. Some say an angel spoke to him. Some said that was the voice of God. Jesus Christ was an only son. Jesus Christ is referred to there. And we're, we're in an age of anxiety, but we're waiting on the lightning, waiting on the light. What will the light bring? Well, that's good. The next to last song of the album, Unconditional 2. At the crossroads, there's a street sign. It's a construct. How did it get in my mind? It's a door to the divine. It's a fine line in the end times. So again, we're at the crossroads, like in the divine comedy. The album, the very last line of the album, the final song of the album is We, the title track, and it ends with this line, when everything ends, can we do it again? This is a riff on Nietzsche's eternal recurrence thought experiment, that what if life just repeated over and over? Now, we don't confess that, we don't believe that, but the thought experiment works like this. What if life just repeated, but that... Everything just repeats over and over without alteration. Can you live your life in such a way that if you were told that you were going to live your life again, 
just like you did, could you say, yeah, I'm up for that. I celebrate that. I can embrace that. I can receive that with joy. All right, the song though that I have chosen to work with is Unconditional Lookout Kid. Unconditional Lookout Kid. Now, when Butler wrote this song for their nine-year-old son, this song is simply a son, a, a father talking to his beloved nine-year-old son. I want to get this out of the way real quick. There, there is the mildest of invectives in this song. Yes, the word damn is used. So if you get offended, forgive when, forgive me. I'll give you the context because it actually is apropos. Look out, kid, trust your mind, but you can't trust it every time. You know it plays tricks on you and it don't give a damn if you're happy or you're sad. How many of you know that's kind of the way your mind can be? Your mind, you'd like to say, would you please give a damn whether I feel happy or sad? Because sometimes you're just depressing me. All right, that's the issue. So we got that out of the way. Um, well, you know, believe me, there are lots of other songs I'd like to use. That there's no way I can use some of these. You said, why don't you use this artist? I said, have you listened to the lyrics? I mean, I know they're making a point, but it's Sunday morning church for crying out loud. All right, so. I'm going to give you a live performance. By the way, you all know online by this time that we cannot stream it live for fear of because of copyright laws. It'll, the streams will be taken down on Facebook and YouTube. So you go to word, uh, wolc.com slash music videos. We have the, the video there for you set up with the lyrics on the screen. And um, I'm sure... Megan will drop that in the comments so you can find it. All right, so it's, it's a live, it's not the studio recording, it's a live performance. They were performing at uh, the Juno Awards, which is kind of the Canadian Grammys because they're a Canadian band, sort of. Um, Wynn and Regine now live in New Orleans, but okay, they're Canadian. And um, so uh, it's, a, it's a live performance, uh, unconditional, look out kid, and notice all the kids that have joined them on uh, stage playing steel drums and other things. So keep this in mind, a father talking to a nine-year-old son. All right, here it is. Arcade Fire doing unconditional lookout, kid. Look out, kid, just your heart. You don't have to play the part. They're all for you, just be true. There are things that you could do that no one Osana could ever do, but I can't teach you, I can't teach it to you. Look out, kid, trust your mind, you can't trust it every time. You know it plays tricks on you, and it don't give a damn if you are happy or you're sad. If you've lost it, don't feel bad, cause it's alright to be sad. The people say,
Good song. Unconditional look out, kid. Let's uh, take a moment and let's look at the structure of the song. It consists of four verses, bridge, chorus. The four verses each start like this. Look out, kid, trust your heart. Look out, kid, trust your mind. Look out, kid, trust your body. Look out, kid, trust your soul. So it, the verses are... Trust your heart, mind, body, soul. There's a bridge, a lifetime of skin, knees, and heartbreak comes so easy, but a life without pain would be boring. This is a father talking to a son. There's going to be pain. There's going to be, you're going to get hurt, but that's the price for authentic being. 
If you went through life and nothing bad ever happened, no pain ever happened, what is that? That's not authentic being. And then there is the chorus at the end of the song. And if you feel it, it's fine. I give you everything that's mine. I give you my heart and my precious time. Unconditional. Unconditional. No matter what you do, it's unconditional. It's unconditional. So the song ends with a pledge of unconditional love. It seems that the song is a meditation, first of all, on what it is to be human, human with heart, mind, body, soul, and then ends with the assurance of the pledge, a parent's love of unconditional love. So let's ask this question. What, what is it, what is it to be human? Well, if we go to the scriptures, the scriptures give us two, not one, two creation accounts that help us explore this question ultimately what does it mean to be human uh, in the first creation account Genesis 1 humans are the last of God's creative work let there be light and then there's the stellar heavens and earth and seas and plants and fish and beasts and then at the end comes Humanity. That's Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. So everything else has just been let there be, 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 and everything's being created. And then there's this moment of reflection. God speaking. A Christian interpretation of this text would be, this is the triune God. Let us. Let's do something here. And we've created light and planets and stars and earth and vegetation and fish and beasts and all of that. But let's, let's take it a step further. Let us create humankind to be like us. In our image, in our likeness. So what does it mean to be human? Well, first of all, it means to be created in the image of God to bear within us something of the likeness of God. A telos, that is a goal, a purpose, an aim. The telos to become like God. Because that's where it comes from. Let us create humankind in our image according to our likeness. In the second account of creation, which is Genesis 2, the order of things is significantly different. Different. In fact, in the second creation account, God creates humans, or at least Adam, man, before the creation of plants or animals. That's interesting. Uh, Genesis 2-7. Then the Lord God formed the man, Adam, or Hebrew Adam. Then the Lord God formed the man, Adam, from the dust of the ground, Adama. So it's Adam from the Adama human from the humus, and breathed into his nostrils the breath, or spirit, same word, of life, and man, or Adam, became a living soul. So what is it to be human? Well, first of all, we are a synthesis of the dust of the earth and the breath of God. We are connected to the rest of creation because we, we, we have this body. Trust your body. We're an embodied people. We're not trying to get rid of our body. Our body is an essential 
part of who we are. These are not just, you know, I've heard people say, it's just our earth suit. Well, it's not just an earth suit. It's, it's us. It's us. And the body, I mean, by that, I, they call it an earth suit as if it can be just, you know, eventually we'll just dispose of it, be gone with it, and we can go be pure spirits, not encumbered by any kind of embodiedness. Uh, that's, that's not the Jewish or Christian vision. So, so we have a connection with this good earth because, you know, we are stardust. We are billion-year-old carbon. And that's true. But we're more than that. Because God does something unique with human beings. He breathes into them the breath of life. And there's a kind of awakening. This has to do with being created in the image of God. And we become something unique. This, this living soul. Dust of the earth. The, the Adama. Dust of the earth. Spirit of God. Heaven, earth. Coming together. And, and this living Soul that is a unique creation of God. This is what it is to be human. I had a dream once. I dreamed that I was giving a lecture in a college. And I was in one of those lecture halls where, you know, it's tiered, kind of auditorium style. And on the stage with me, I had three, if you want to call them props, three entities, three items that I was speaking about. I had a rock, a plant, a cat, and a person, a child. A, 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 a rock, we'll clarify here, a rock, a plant, a cat, a person. And I was making the point that all four of these items have different levels of being. The rock exists. I mean, it's, it's a rock. There you see it. It has definition. You can weigh it, measure it. It exists. It is. It has being. The plant has being plus life. It grows and it will also die. It's, it's living, photosynthesis, all that. Uh, then, then you move to the cat. The cat has being, life, and awareness. You know, cat awareness. <laughs> Looking for a mouse or something, you know. But then you move to the person. And there's yet another level of being. So you, a person, you and I, humans, we have being, life, awareness, and self-awareness. Aware of our awareness. A, a reflectiveness of our own awareness. Not just aware, but aware that we're aware. The person has being, life, awareness, and self-awareness. The self-awareness we call consciousness. The capacity for self-awareness is also the capacity for God-awareness, but it comes at the price of death-awareness. We're all aware that we're going to die. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. The dream was true, but I think I woke up too soon. To be a God-aware person is not the final development. We are called not only to know God, but to become like God. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, said Elohim. You are God's, wrote the psalmist. You are God's, affirmed Jesus. God became man that man might become God, insisted Athanasius. The children of Adam and Eve are God's in the becoming. Theosis is our telos the participation in the divine nature, but we only get there through death. As yet, we're but a seed, a caterpillar, a babe in the womb waiting to be born. Beloved, now are we the offspring of God, but it has not yet appeared what we shall be. This world is a womb and there is a world to come. 
So you, we haven't yet arrived at the fullness of what we're called to be. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you one more good dollop of solid, heavy theology. Bear with me. I just played you an arcade song, arcade fire song. So, but let's, but they're a smart band, so they would like this. I read this to you on Easter. I'm going to read it to you again. Uh, this is from David Bentley Hart's You Are God's, probably the best book I've read this year. It's not easy, so don't just you know, get too excited about it. But um, this is from page 20. From eternity, God has brought spiritual creatures into existence in the only way such creatures could be formed. Now, understand, you are a spiritual creature. You also have this embodiedness because you're from the dust of the earth. You're connected with it, but, you, but you're a spiritual creature because God has breathed into us the breath of life. All right, from eternity, God has brought us, spiritual creatures, into existence in the only way such creatures could be formed, by calling them to ascend out of the darkness of non-being into the infinite beauty of the divine nature. To exist as a spiritual creature is simply to have heard and from the very first instant responded to this total vocation. Creation is already deification, is in fact theogony. For that eternal act, the summoning of all created natures out of the primordial darkness, is most certainly an entirely free and unmerited gift of being imparted to those who were not and in themselves had no claim to be, but is also, and no less originally, the call that awakens the gods. Yeah, wow is the appropriate response to that. All right, well, the psalmist says this. In Psalm 82, God speaks. Now I say to you, you are gods, and all of you children of the Most High. Nevertheless, you shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. All right, so we're talking about what does it mean to be human? So we're created in the image of God, right? And we're created to be like God. Let us make man. That's our telos, to be like, not, you know, don't freak out. Not God, but like God. Like God. Bearing his image. Participating in the divine nature, as Peter says. So we're created in God's image and called to become like God. Theosis is our telos. Yet, because of sin, because of death, we suffer. We get hurt. How's, how's the song go? Because it still is connected to the song. A lifetime of skin knees. I mean, it's, a, it's, not, it's not one or two skin knees in life. It's a lifetime of skin knees. It's a metaphor. Come on, work with me. I mean, how do, it's hard to go a week without a skin knee, if you know what I mean. Some kind of pain. A lifetime of skin knees and heartbreak comes so easy. But a life without pain would be boring. Well, maybe there is a possibility of having a life beyond pain that isn't born because that's the promise in Revelation, but we've got to get there. We haven't arrived at that stage of being yet when there's no more pain and every tear is wiped away. At this stage of our human development, if you fantasize about a life without pain, you just, in fact, multiply your pain. Because it's going to come anyway. Might as well just kind of brace for it a little bit. <laughs> Rather than pretend that you're going to be able to go through life without any pain. And then you 
along with the pain you experience, you, you experience the crisis of your theology not working and you're disappointed. I thought I wasn't going to have any pain, but now I do. So we're created in God's image and called to become like God. Theosis is our telos, yet we suffer and ultimately we die. I mean, how is that like? God doesn't die. And we're, we're created to, be, to bear God's image, to be like God, and yet, well, I said you are God's. And all of you children of the Most High, yet nevertheless, how's the, how's the text go? You shall die like mortals and fall like any prince. So does that mean that we were called to become like God, but it's a failed project and now our telos is doomed? No, it doesn't mean that. Because Jesus Christ has taken on our humanity in order to heal humanity. Maximus the Confessor, maybe my favorite of the early Christian theologians that we call the church fathers, he said, Christ has given us an entirely new way of being human. And when we inherit, I mean, we're all the sons of Adam, the daughters of Eve. But there's been an intervention. There's a second Adam. For it, Paul says it like this way, for in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. You, you're still going to die, but in dying you're made alive. Because you come to that final state of being. See, death was a big problem until the word became flesh, until God became human and entered into death in order to transform, transform death. Death ain't what it used to be. Death just ain't what it used to be since Jesus went into death. Jesus, everywhere Jesus goes, he transforms it. He went down into death. It's no longer the end. It's only a womb. It's a passageway. Jesus went down into death to open a way out of death. Death is no longer the end. Death is just now a passageway to becoming children of God. It's a passage we all have to go through, but it's not the end. John the Elder writes it like this. Beloved, we are God's children now. Say amen to that. Amen. We're God's children now. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. All right, so we're, we're God's children. That's, 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 we know that. We're the children of God right now, right now. But what will we be? We don't know yet exactly. We have hints. But we don't know exactly what it's going to be like. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When Christ is revealed, we will be like him. All right, who is Christ? Second person of the Trinity. Christ is, is God. What, what, does, what does the Godhead say at the origin of the creation of humanity. Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And we're on this journey toward that. It's not there yet. We, we're the children of God now, but what we're going to be, we don't know quite. But what we do know is that when Christ is revealed in parousia or in death, when we encounter Christ, we will become like him where we will see him as he is. Beloved, right now, every one of you, 
You're the children of God. God is your father. And what is the promise? What is the promise of every good parent to their child? What is the highest promise of every good parent to their children? Unconditional love. No matter what you do, it's unconditional. No matter what you do, it's unconditional. Now, what you do does affect the quality of your life. Unconditional love doesn't exempt us from consequences. But it's still unconditional. No matter what you do, it's unconditional. It's a, God has only one disposition towards you, and it is one of unconditional, unending, unalterable love. God will never not love you. God will never not be in the active expression of loving you. God's love is not passive. God's love, God's love is flowing towards you all the time. Cooperate with that love. Receive that love. Respond to that love with love. Love God. Love neighbor. And that hastens your formation and your development. Resist it and it's, you know, there's consequences and it's painful. You can call it the wrath of God if you like. The Bible does. But it's nothing other than the love of God wrongly received. God doesn't all oscillate between being mad at you and loving you, loving you and hating you. He certainly doesn't have to be appeased to love you. God loves you unconditionally. You're the child of God right now. Your final development hasn't arrived yet. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to happen a process now, but the final development is another stage of being. It's not yet appeared what we shall be. But we know this, what it will be is we'll be like him. All right. I'm going to close with Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, by the, the very end of it, we're just going to go to the very end of it. In Romans chapter 8, though, is where the Apostle Paul talks about how all of creation... So, so you have, you take these Genesis accounts, we'll take the first one. Let there be light, stars, sun, moon, earth, seas, vegetation, fish, beasts. And then finally... Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. But we haven't fully arrived there yet, where we're fully revealed as the sons and daughters of God. And Paul says that all of creation is waiting for when the final act of creation occurs. When the sons and daughters of God are revealed in the glory of God. But, all, but, but, but we are the children of God right now, right? We're the children of God right now. And the highest promise of a good father to his children is unconditional love. But we're going to have skin knees. We're going to suffer. We're going to encounter death. We're going to die. Is that somehow a disruption of God's love towards us? No. 
For I am convinced that neither death nor life with all of its skin knees nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the best news you're going to hear. That's it right there. That you are captured by the love of God. And nothing is going to change it. It's unconditional. No matter what you do, it's unconditional. I've already quoted several church fathers, Athanasius and Maximus, the confessor. Let's bring this to a close with one from Origen. I read that. I read this line this week. The generosity of God outstrips even the very promises. He is more generous in bestowing than in promising. (laughs) God has promised you unconditional love, but in the bestowing, he's more generous than the promising. It has not entered into our minds the things that God has prepared for us. God's promises are glorious, but his bestowing is even more glorious than his promises. That's the good news. It's unconditional Amen. Stand up with me. Look out, kid. Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen. Look out, kid. You, you've, been, you've been thrown into this phenomenon of being, and man, crazy stuff's going to happen. Look out, kid. Stuff's going to happen, but the love of God is unconditional. And in the end, because the love of God is unconditional, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. All right, let's uh, confess our faith, confess our sins and receive forgiveness and then come to the table that, that our Heavenly Father has prepared for us. Amen. Join with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now join with me in confessing our sins. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. And God is gracious to all who confess their sins and in humility ask for mercy because his love is unconditional. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And this is the table, not of the church, but of the Lord. 
It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.